home where families connect and memories are made. Find your new home with PenFed, a mortgage partner who brings confidence and value to your home buying experience. They offer low rates and no lender fees and can even help you find a real estate agent through their trusted partners. Let PenFed bring you home. Visit PenFed.org slash home or call 1-800-970-7766. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA, equal housing lender. We are in front of an audience. That's right, guys. There are eight people here that want a killer show. Sorry, there's nine now. Oh, well, great. Would you like us to reintroduce ourselves? Yeah, uh, yeah, I would love that. Gary Hoffman. You know those little hairless boys crammed into skinny jeans, texting about their feelings with emojis? Shannon Farron. Wouldn't she be a great first lady? What the hell is this? Gary and Shannon. I will tell you, this is going to be something special. Shannon, KFI AM 640 and everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. The president says another meeting with Kim Jong-un could happen soon. Of course, the president in New York for the start of the U.N. meetings there. The uh, nuclear talks with North Korea have been stalled. This would be a fourth meeting between the two. Couple of the big stories: the uh, the United Auto Workers strike against GM continues. They're in their eighth day today. Down in Dallas, that white off-duty Dallas police officer shot and killed a man in his uh, in his apartment is on trial starting today. Amber Geyer said she fired her gun, believing that this 26-year-old black guy broke into her apartment when, in fact, she had walked into his apartment. Also, the tour operator Thomas Cook. Closing its doors today, stranding, what, nearly uh, 600,000 people? Canceling all the flights and all of that? You'd think that they would give somebody a heads up about this. Uh, I know that I was one of about 17 people around the world who watched some of the Emmys last night. It was so refreshing to see Phoebe Waller-Bridge win four uh, Emmys for uh, for Fleabag. Well, that show was outstanding. It was unbelievable. So congratulations to her, although the ratings were horrific for the Emmys last night. I didn't even know they were on, to be honest. Uh, I I don't remember why I flipped back and forth. Uh, or I don't know. I was watching football, and then for some reason I went through, oh, I was looking for a newscast at five or whatever time it started, and I said, hey, I didn't realize the Emmys were this weekend. How much time did you spend on the couch yesterday? Uh, too much, probably. Too much? Yeah. But I, I did a bunch of stuff on Saturday as well. I mean, we were out at Cunning Dental in Montclair and met uh, some of the people who came out to get their new teeth fixed. Um, and then Saturday night, I didn't sit down to watch this, but watched a lot of the end of that UCLA-Washington State game where UCLA yeah. came back. From 32 points down. That was incredible. That's what's great about college football. I, mean, I was worried about Brian Suits. Um, he'll get through it. I mean... Being a Wazoo fan, I'm sure there have been some dark times. Uh, that was a pretty dark time. Ryan Leaf comes to mind, but uh, <laughs> but that was a dark time to be on the Palouse like that. 
All right, let's start with this uh, whistleblower Clearly, stuff. Rudy Giuliani and the president want to make Biden look like themselves, really. Uh, this whole business about Biden's son, Hunter, taking a job on a Ukrainian energy board for an S-ton of money is absolute reality. Hunter did do that. Here's the thing. He didn't tell his dad about it, who was sitting vice president at the time. Didn't tell Obama about it. Basically used his name to clean up and get a bunch of money uh, from this board assignment. The same thing that Trump's kids do, kind of, using their name to make money as well. And if this is any indication, it's that everybody who gets to that level of politics, it's pretty dirty. I mean, sure. you, you have to be a little dirty to get to that level of politics. Um, the, the, the allegations against Joe Biden and Ukraine, before we get to the president and his conversation with the Ukrainian president. In 2014, like you said, Hunter Biden joins the board of directors of Burisma Holdings, which is an energy company in Ukraine. The prosecutor general that same year begins investigating the owner of the company for alleged corruption. But was never investigating Hunter Biden. No. So the idea that, that they're trying to plant that Biden used his office, his his role as vice president, to try and get the Ukrainian government to fire this prosecutor, that just didn't happen. Well, and what's funny is that that allegation echoes what the president is accused of doing. Right. Remember, the president right now is accused of withholding basically military funds that we were going to give to Ukraine uh, in exchange for, or until, I should say, the president opens in a, a, a corruption investigation into, into the Bidens. Back in 2016, Vice President Biden supposedly issued an ultimatum to the Ukrainian parliament that a billion dollars in loan guarantees is what it was going to be withheld unless the prosecutor general that was investigating this energy company, where Hunter Biden was a board member, was released. Now, that may have happened, but there's no evidence to show it did. At this point, that's just a, hey, maybe this happened. Right. So, so it's it, now we get into this allegation, perhaps, that the president, our current president, then got on the phone with the new president of Ukraine back in July. And said something to the effect of, hey, dig up some stuff on Biden for me. Let's let's connect Biden to this energy board. Let's uh, show some corruption with the Bidens and Ukraine to take the heat off of me. Okay, couple of things. The whistleblower who supposedly heard that phone call was the one who went to the inspector general at the beginning of August and that the inspector general for the intelligence agency said there is something credible here. We need to do some more work and figure it out. Then we begin this process of whether or not Congress knows about it or not, if they're given information or not. That that's a separate issue. <clears throat> the thing that came out over the weekend was that whistleblower, whoever it was, was not actually listening to the phone call and apparently doesn't have firsthand knowledge of the conversation that took place between the president and the president of Ukraine. Now, that may mean that that person, whoever this whistleblower is, read a transcript, read a summary of it, and was concerned about it. That's also something different. But it's a it, we're still in this weird area of we have no idea what's going on. The president himself was asked about this and said he may release a transcript of the actual phone call, which, by the way, will never happen. He I, is not going to. I think he's pissed off. He's pissed off that his conversation is being called into question. As he said in his words, I have the right to bring up Biden. I have the right to talk about this. 
But here's the issue. Does a sitting president get to use the power of his office to pull up dirt on who may be his competitor for 2020? Here was uh, what the president said. He was on the airplane. I think he's in Houston heading to Ohio yesterday when he was asked about this. We had a great conversation. He's talking specifically about the phone call that he had with the president of Ukraine back in July. Conversation I had was largely congratulatory, was largely corruption, all of the corruption taking place, was largely the fact that we don't want our people, like Vice President Biden and his son, creating to the the corruption already in the Ukraine. In Ukraine, uh, Ukraine's got a lot of problems. The new president is saying that he's going to be able to rid the country of corruption. And I said that would be a great thing. We had a great conversation. We had a conversation on many things. In fact, I believe Ukraine put out a statement yesterday saying that we covered many different topics. It was a warm and friendly conversation. All right. It goes on just to say that really nothing took place. But then, I mean, you heard it yourself. He did say that he brought up Biden's name. He, you know was the one who threw that name in there. And I'm sure the people in Ukraine and government specifically know the name. Here's another problem. Rudy Giuliani, I said this Friday, is not a great spokesperson for the president. No, and I think that he did himself a huge disservice yesterday when he went on the shows and talked about how Hunter Biden is an addict, drug involved. What are you doing? Furthermore, that's just... That's just proof that Biden maybe uh, Joe Biden maybe didn't have a hand in any of it. Right. You know, if Hunter Biden's erratic and he's going to take that job, not tell his dad and get into whatever trouble he got into Ukraine, you could excuse that away with he's an addict. Uh, This was uh, Giuliani on with Maria Bartiromo. Did the president threaten to cut off aid to the Ukraine? No, No, that was a false story. One hundred percent. Well, I can't tell you if it's 100. Because we I don't know that the administration. Okay. Why are professional broadcasters still calling it the Ukraine? <laughs> I don't understand that either. I don't think it's been the Ukraine since the 50s. I mean, when it was not even its own country. I, I don't. I don't know what we're doing with that. All right. Well, this is continuing to go on. We're, uh, you know, some of the networks are breathlessly waiting for the president to make comments. Like you said, he's in. He's in New York for the U.N. General Assembly, and we'll see if uh, anything about this comes up while he's there. Well, he was considered the best wide receiver in the NFL. He has screwed himself out of a job, and now it looks like Antonio Brown's going back to college. We'll tell you the latest twist when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM640, everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Did you hear about the pet tortoise up in Northern California? <laughs> I did see that. There was a 41-year-old tortoise named Dino. That wandered away from its home after a storm blew the latch on its outdoor enclosure open. This was in Red Bluff. 
So the tortoise took off, was found about a half mile from the owner's home. Apparently, they used watermelon to lure the 150-pound tortoise God. before lifting it into the car to take it back to its owner. Yeah. <laughs> I guess there's nothing else going in Red Bluff, right? I mean... The Red Bluff Rodeo. The Roundup? The Roundup. Round, what, did yeah. they call it the Roundup or the Rodeo? It was uh, Red Bluff Roundup. I think you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, um I, I'm just looking at the classes that uh, Antonio Brown has apparently uh, signed up for. Good for him. It's never too late to make yourself smarter and educate yourself a little bit more, Antonio, especially when you've got time on your hands. Yeah, Antonio turns out to be um, one of the best receivers in the NFL and also apparently one of the largest a-holes in the NFL. And by the way, there's a lot of them. Let's revisit the Antonio Brown saga, shall we? Last season, it's a must-win for the Steelers. He was not getting along with Big Ben, decided not to show up to practice ahead of this must-win game late, late, late in the season. I want to say week 16 or 17. So he's traded by the Steelers in March because that locker room situation's not working out. So the Raiders pick him up. John Gruden's latest gift he will get to unwrap and play with. Well, then he goes to Europe Antonio Brown does, and he goes for some cryotherapy, and he burns off the soles of his feet, and he can't participate in training camp. Then when it appears that he's on the mend, he starts making noise over his helmet. He doesn't want to wear the new helmets. He wants to wear his own helmet, which is a league violation. Finally finds a helmet he can use. And then he gets into it with the GM. The GM who gives him some crap for missing so many days, and he calls him a cracker and the whole bit, and it's this huge mess. They release him. The Patriots pick him up because nobody can put you in line like Bill, Bill Belichick. Belichick. Yep. Well, that lasted 11 days in one game. The because one touchdown, too. He looks left. He fires the back shoulder. Yeah. Brown. Touchdown, Patriots. Welcome to New England, kid. What a throw. By the quarterback to the back shoulder. So, who is that guy? I don't know. But <laughs> I, I can't decide if I love him or not. He's really aggressive. Um, Welcome to New England, kid. So, when he's in New England, these allegations surface of this former trainer of his that uh, he assaulted her. Uh, the, there's a problem with assault and the Patriots. It's a long-held uh, just rule because Robert Kraft's deceased wife she had a thing about uh, having players with a, there's a zero tolerance policy when it comes to any sort of allegations against women when you're a, when you're a New England Patriot. So Robert Kraft was going to get rid of him as soon as those allegations surfaced. Which is interesting because the NFL itself didn't suspend him, didn't prevent him from playing, even though they last week interviewed a woman, not the tr- uh, well, the trainer. Yes, um, they interviewed the trainer and they spent like 10 hours talking to her. Right. But they didn't, the NFL front offices did not come out with any sort of a suspension as we investigate or anything like that. Because they were still investigating. Right. But with Kraft, an allegation carries as much That's as a conviction. Yeah. Which is ironic, I mean, considering his own history with the. Uh, I'm know, glad you brought that up. Massage parlors. Because yesterday morning, Antonio Brown takes to Twitter and he's all pissed off because the Patriots are trying to withhold this $9 million signing bonus that he was supposed to get guaranteed. And uh, he goes and he talks about different strokes for different folks. Look at Kraft and what he was accused of doing and look at what Big Ben did and look at what Shannon Sharp did. And he's laying out everybody who's had allegations against them and how they weren't fired because of it. Well, he has a point. 
Doesn't he? Yes. I mean, uh, the, the idea that uh, Ben Roethlisberger, for example, I think twice had to, oh, yeah. uh, you know, submit to investigations because he had allegations that he was raping people in bathrooms. Right. That's significant. And Antonio Brown, as much as I don't want to come down on his side, he kind of has a point there. Like, why did the NFL choose me? Even though, again, the NFL didn't suspend him. It was Robert Kraft specifically kicked him off the team. But but why are they choosing me to be the one that gets punished? Because it wasn't just the allegations. It was all of the drama, all of the distractions. It was Bill Belichick having to walk out of that press conference on Friday because he's tired of dealing with questions about Antonio Brown. And, no team wants a distraction like that. And it was distraction after distraction. And the thing is, I think Robert Kraft could have said, and Bill Belichick in this you know uh, parting of ways with Antonio Brown, just said, listen... We're not accusing you of anything. We'll let the law enforcement or whatever authorities need to investigate this, if it's the league, if it's private investigators, whatever. We'll let them come to the conclusion about whether you did it. We just don't want the distraction, and you are a distraction to our team. That would have been perfect. That would have been fine. Um, He said uh, Antonio Brown is apparently going to file a $9 million uh, grievance against the New England Patriots. Okay, that's fine. And he's... He tweeted a picture of what appears to be a class registry for a Central Michigan University. He wants to go back, apparently. He's in, enrolled in Management 312, which is Introduction to Management. Engine, uh, sorry, English 303, which is a technical writing class. Religion 334, which is a death and dying class. And then Sociology 323, which is Racism and Inequality. That's a well-rounded schedule there right there. Go. No math, but uh, that's fine. All right, coming up next, Jeffrey Epstein and the women he controlled are talking about it, saying when you are in, you can't get out. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. The president is in New York for the U.N. General Assembly. Iran is going to be one of the main topics. Iran is now criticizing British Prime Minister Boris Johnson because he said Britain concluded that Iran was responsible for the attack on the Saudi Arabian oil industry about eight days ago. Foreign minister said the British government, uh, Iran's foreign minister, says the British government should stop selling lethal weapons to Saudi Arabia because of the current war that it finds itself in with rebels in Yemen. The uh, strike against GM by 49,000 United Auto Workers now in its second week. They did talk all weekend, as a matter of fact, and uh, are back at the bargaining table today. But we haven't seen any progress yet or at least any indication that that's going to end anytime soon well jeffrey epstein's victims we know a number of them were underage but they say there were countless more more women who were ages like 18 to 23 a group of women that have been reluctant to come forward because they're ashamed and they believe that the public doesn't look at them as victims because they were older sarah ransom is one of these women she is from south africa she actually successfully sued Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell for trafficking her when she was 22. She says, not one person helped us. Everyone around us had to know because we were so broken, but no one did anything. 
The Miami Herald did a deep dive on this Jeffrey Epstein sex trafficking enterprise. And they say understanding what happened involves understanding Epstein's process, the psychology behind a sex predator mastermind who were able to home in on the weaknesses and vulnerabilities of his targets. The attorney in Fort Lauderdale that sued the Justice Department and federal prosecutors in there uh, in South Florida that gave him that sweet deal says that this guy would find out that these girls, Jeffrey Epstein, would find out these girls have no home, no car, that they need a place to live. And he would provide that a place to live. He can get you to the best doctors. Sometimes he would do that. Sometimes he wasn't. Here's a weird version of this that. Well, not weird, but it it adds a sort of sharpens the point about looking for the vulnerable girls in the world. He would he never wanted someone who was a prostitute or an escort because it wasn't just about the sex. It was also that he made somebody engage in acts that they never would have engaged in. It was an innocent person. It was a vulnerable person. It was that he could get somebody to do something that they didn't want to do. He liked that part of the process. What a sadistic. The ownership, the domination, the the manipulation, all of that was just as important to him as the sex act itself. Sarah Kellen is 40 years old. She worked for Epstein for nearly a decade. She says that she, too, was a victim, that she was recruited by Jeffrey and Ghislaine Maxwell when she was 22 as an assistant. She was born into the Jehovah's Witness community, married at 17, extremely vulnerable, struggling financially and emotionally, Epstein swoops in and basically says, I'll fix it all. I'll fix this. He began to sexually abuse her. The abuse went on for years. She's now married to a NASCAR driver. She says she still uh, suffers from the trauma. But they say that it was almost impossible for people around Jeffrey Epstein to not know what was going on. That to hang out with him with any degree of regularity, you had to know what was going on. You had to know that these people are in his life only for sexual purposes. Yeah, because some of them describe the girls that were around him, even if they're, you know, even if they're just over the age of 18 and technically an adult at that point, they physically looked like they were out of it. They physically looked like they had been drugged, uh, like they had been sort of manipulated, hypnotized. And the people that had to sort of put them in that position were all enabling Jeffrey Epstein for some reason. And I don't we still haven't really nailed that part of it down. What did this guy have on all of these women that were helping him procure these young women on all of these law enforcement agencies, uh, lawyers, prosecutors, all of them appeared to have uh, appeared to owe something to Jeffrey Epstein for some reason. In one case, there were uh, there was a woman you've heard her name before, Virginia Guffrey. She was recruited by Jeffrey Epstein when she was 16. She stayed with him until she was 19. She's been one of the more vocal uh, people, uh, victims, I suppose, of him. She, pro- like you said, promised to fix anything that was wrong in their lives. They, uh, But she describes the enablers as well. There were doctors and psychiatrists and gynecologist visits. There were dentists who whitened our teeth. There was a doctor who gave me Xanax. She says, what doctor in their right mind who is supposed to protect their patients gives girls and young women Xanax? There was a woman, Marichike Chertuni. She says she was 20 years old in the fall of 2000 
when a friend of hers who claimed Epstein was helping her get into art school introduced her to Jeffrey Epstein at his mansion on the Upper East Side. She says she arrived there with her friend. They were taken up the elevator to a room where she said they were greeted by Epstein and Alan Dershowitz, who tried to engage them in conversation. She said Jeffrey comes in with an older gentleman. They're all smiles, talking like two old college buddies. One was Dershowitz. I didn't know who he was at the time. She said, we were just chatting. I was standing there next to my friend, so it seemed normal normal to everyone. And now looking back, talking to two 20-somethings like it was normal, it was shocking. I stood next to Dershowitz, and I was chatting with him. And I remember Jeffrey was bragging about Dershowitz's intellect, saying how brilliant he was. I remember talking to them about mathematics and other stuff to make themselves have power over you. Dershowitz is shown out of the room, and then she and her friend are led into another room, a red room that was very dark. And they all took their clothes off. And uh, and she says, I was froze. I was like, what's going on? It's weird because she says that there were staff members there. Right. That's like the whole honeypot thing. This is all normal. You're safe. You're safe. Oh, yeah. Us getting naked. That's totally normal, too. Take off your clothes. Uh, Alan Dershowitz is an interesting character in all of these uh, in all of these stories about Jeffrey Epstein because he appears yeah. in some of these episodes and has said things like in this article specifically when asked if he remembered such an encounter Alan Dershowitz would say I never saw anyone who looked 20 in Epstein's presence well what what the hell does that mean is it what did you see anybody who looked 13 yeah exactly an assistant called a few days later told her Epstein wanted to see her again in that case she declined never returned she said I just pretended it didn't happen and I haven't talked about it since and I wonder if I wonder how many of those cases there are. I mean, we've seen some of the high-profile ones. Virginia Guffrey's one of them who claimed that she had been with him and been victimized by this guy for three-plus years. How many of them were the onesies and twosies, you know, that they were only in this guy's presence one time and were able to get away and, you know, get out of the grass before, like it says later on in this story, before it got too deep. This uh, woman, Sarah Ransom, the one from South Africa, she uh, arrived in New York in 2000 from London. She was hoping to get into the fashion world. And uh, she she befriends a young woman at a club about her same about her same age. And she's the one who says, well, I know this wealthy guy. He could help you. He'll help you get into fashion and the whole bit. And so they they meet and the whole deal. She's invited to go to the pedophile island on his private jet. And on the plane, Epstein openly begins having sex with another woman in full view of all the other passengers. And she says, that's when it dawned on me. What have I gotten myself into? And they took her passport when they got there. They took her phone. They began this rotating sex schedule, she says, with her and two other women at the island. She says it was literally every day. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. They put her on a diet. They tell her that that they that she has to lose weight. She says he was obsessed with me losing weight to the point that he pretty much said, I'll destroy you. You will not be in the fashion industry. They body shamed her every day. She said at one point she takes a bike out on the island trying to head towards the water. She was going to try and swim for her freedom. He sent out a search crew and they grabbed her before she could make an escape. Eventually, she uh, convinced them to send her back to South Africa. But holy hell. Vulnerable's right, huh? Go hug your daughters. (laughs) 
All right. Last night, uh, 17 people watched the Emmy Awards, and we'll talk about some of the uh, the big winners. Um, you, you don't have to watch it. it. Don't you didn't miss anything? Um, nothing. Nothing. But except the Kardashians being laughed at. That was pretty good. <laughs> Gary and Shannon will continue in a moment. And everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, the White House press secretary, Stephanie Grisham, says releasing a transcript of the president's phone call with Ukraine's leader could set a very bad precedent. She tells Fox News that Trump is willing to do it, but some lawyers have had a problem with it. He suggested over the weekend he did raise Biden and Biden's son's name, uh, Hunter, during the call. Democrats want to investigate whether he improperly used his office to try to dig up dirt on a political rival. Did you watch any football yesterday? Yeah. I mean, outside of the fact that you were at the game. I watched nothing but football. All day. Football all day long. <laughs> uh, there are a handful of teams that are 3-0. and Tonight doesn't matter. Tonight is uh, Chicago and Washington, I think it is. They're not going to go 3-0. and The only thing that got me through that Chargers game was uh, checking up regularly <laughs> on the 49ers game. Good Lord. <laughs> one was uh, superiorly frustrating, and the other one was uh, was fun to watch. Um, last night, the Emmys uh, were the 71st Emmy Awards. They did the no host thing because it worked so well for the Oscars last year. One of the funny speeches was from Stephen Colbert and Jimmy Kimmel when they came out. Two previous Oscar hosts, uh, Emmy hosts, I think they were. And they both came out and said, what are you guys doing? You can't not have a host, which was a kind of a funny skit. Yeah, that is funny. Um, it was, uh, you know, I don't mind the no host thing. They just need to get right into it. They tried to do this whole sketch with Homer Simpson and Anthony Anderson and uh, Brian Cranston eventually. It was hard to get into, um, hard to watch. So that was easier to watch the football game last night with the Rams taking on the, the Cleveland Browns. But one of the worst rated Emmy Award shows ever gave us what I thought was some of the best television. It was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Amazon... Let's, let me see if I wrote this down. In, in terms of the sheer number of Emmy Awards that were awarded, not just last night for the primetime Emmys, but also for daytime and technical, etc., HBO, Netflix, Amazon, and National Geographic, in that order, those four won the most Emmys. The first broadcast was NBC, broadcast uh, network that actually won Emmys, was fifth on the list, and that was NBC. Giving an idea of how television has changed. Best drama series went to Game of Thrones. Not a surprise. Billy Porter won Best Actor in a Drama for Pose. Uh, first, I think they said, first, op- first openly gay black man to win a lead actor Emmy. Which, that's a lot of, a lot of conditions to put on that, but that's fine. Best Actress in a Drama was Jodie Comer for Killing Eve, which was fantastic. Supporting actor in a drama was Peter Dinklage again for Game of Thrones. Uh, the best supporting actress in a drama was Julia Garner for Ozark, which, by the way, she absolutely deserved it. If you have not seen Ozark, she plays Ruth Langmore in that one and is unbelievable. 
Best Directing in a Drama Series also went to Jason Bateman for Ozark, simply because they couldn't give it to Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones only got two Emmys in all of the wow. nominations that they got. And then um, one of our favorites that we've talked about a bunch of times was um, was Fleabag. It won Best Comedy Series. Phoebe Waller-Bridge won Best Actress in the Comedy. She also won for Writing It. And then the uh, director of that first episode of the second season, a guy named Harry Bradbeer, he also won. So Fleabag walks away with four Emmys from last night. It is not a family-friendly show. Guess what's back tomorrow? Below Deck. This is us. Oh, also winning zero Emmys last night. That's unfortunate. It wins my Emmy. The the Shemmy? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It wins Shemmy for making me have feelings. All right, let's clean up them homeless when we come back. (laughs) All right. Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. Shannon, Monday, it is uh, September 23rd, KFI AM 640 Live, everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You may have uh, seen this story about the Black Keys concert last week at the Wiltern. There were hundreds of people who got shut out of the concert, even though they bought tickets. Apparently, it is the band's philosophy that they do like the second and third party vendors, and they want to keep the cost of tickets low for their fans. Well, they ended up saying F and U to a bunch of fans who had paid a lot of money for these second and third party vendor tickets. Yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about that. This uh, echoes to me the old fight between... Pearl Jam and Ticketmaster from way back in the 90s. Yeah. About charging extra fees for people who just want to go see music. So we'll talk about that at the bottom of the hour. Next hour, we'll get into Swamp Watch. The president is in New York today for UN General Assembly. He'll be there for a few days. We will uh, we'll talk more about this ongoing discussion about the president's conversation with the president of Ukraine. And the involvement with Joe Biden, Joe Biden's involvement with his son, and... By the way, did you just say, I don't know if you just saw that little video they showed. He's in Iowa. Uh, Joe Biden uh-huh. is. Uh, he's getting irate. He's getting that angry, um, indignant yeah. response to people asking questions about all of this. Well, he's very fiercely protective of his family. And you had Rudy, Gi- Rudy Giuliani going on the uh, networks yesterday talking about his son being a drug addict. He, he, I knew he was going to get fired up. And you know what? Maybe that's what Biden needs to do. You know, Elizabeth Warren has overtaken him in Iowa. Yeah, one of those polls we saw. Crazy. Yeah. Um, all right. Don't worry. We're also going to get to the woman who bit the camel's testicles. I know everyone's waiting to hear that story, and we will get to that at some point in the show. Every, yeah, everyone's waiting to sweat in the middle of the story. Yes, that's a great idea. There was a huge homeless encampment cleanup in Van Nuys over the weekend. Covering it for KFI News was Andrew Mullenbeck, which is an odd pairing, I would say. Why? Um, well, because Andrew Mullenbeck is like the least homeless out of out of all all of them. I think everybody here. Has I think Chris a, Carlo Chris Carlo would be a good homeless. I could see him doing with very little, okay. living off the land. 
What do you think, Andrew? Yeah, he, he could play the part, I think. <laughs> I, it's, it's not as much for me. <laughs> but, all right. Uh, well, we uh, I did see some headlines about this, but I didn't see, in all honesty, a whole lot of coverage of this. Uh, that there was a, a basically the trash that's left over from a homeless encampment that was cleaned up. Explain what's going on. This was the most unusual of all cleanups that we've seen because it had nothing to do with any official city department. The city and county and all across the area, we've had cleanups over the last couple of years, but they've always been sanitation department or something like that. This had nothing to do with any agency. This was all volunteers. There's a conservative activist who lives in the D.C. area who goes on social media to rally people together for various causes. He was recently in Baltimore, and in the last month, he flew out to L.A. Somebody tipped him off to this encampment right along the 405 in Van Nuys at Oxnard, and he said it was the worst thing he'd ever seen. And we've actually done some reporting on this particular encampment before. So he shows up, he sees this, he can't believe it. So he organizes a cleanup via social media, and believe it or not, more than 100 people, even close to 200 people, almost all of them from Southern California, took their Saturday to help clean this encampment. Now, they didn't kick anybody out, but this encampment had maybe the worst trash pile that I have ever seen. It was about shoulder high and going about 100 yards in length every smell you can imagine. Uh, I'm going to play you a montage here of some of the volunteers who showed up and what their reaction to it was. Think about the worst smells, I guess, mix them together and that's what it is. You know? This is absolutely disgusting. I can't believe people actually live like this. I can't believe our city has let it get this bad. Smelling it made it got awful. Mm. Standing in it, picking it up. Oh, uh, God. Put a whole new light to it. I just see, like, um, a deterioration in the homeless issue here, and it just continues to overflow into our neighborhoods. And I have kids now, so it's just something I saw online. I was like, hey, instead of um, ranting and raving, let's just get out here and do something about it. So, again, they show up Saturday morning, more than 100 volunteers. They spend nine hours. They've rented trailers and skid loaders to load everything up. By their estimates, they hauled away 50 tons of worth of trash and this encampment that had been there for months and months uh you know in some cases shoulder or head high it's just gone now the, the the trash not the encampment there still are tents there but this pile that has been there for months is now completely taken care of and it was all volunteer and it was just people from southern california that each one of them was given sort of a hazmat suit i mean this seriously was not something to mess around with um everybody is wearing what looked like uh, space outfits, and they had masks on, they had eye protective wear on, and that's how they spent their day cleaning out this encampment. And again, no trash is left there. Uh, the encampment itself, like you said, it's still there, but we're just dealing right. with the uh, yeah, the back end of this. It sounds like. Yeah, and I think really it was just a health concern, uh, even you know for the people who live there. And I was trying to wonder myself, I don't actually know how it's possible that anybody could put up with it. Um, you know, I've spent quite a bit of time in homeless encampments over the last number of years as we re report on them. And this had to be the most overwhelming smell that I have been around. It was such that I felt nauseated. I had a pretty bad headache just from the fumes. Andrew, it was, that is terrible. It was, no, it, it was seriously, I, I left there, I'm like, I am lightheaded. I, 
Um, it, it was it was overwhelming. And, and again, this was put together by uh, Scott Pressler, and I had a chance to talk with him about why he does this and what his thoughts are. You know, he's from the East Coast, and he was really opening or openly wondering. So why does it take uh, some conservative activists on the East Coast to clean up a city 3,000 miles away? My main concern is, come on, where, where is everybody? Why isn't the, the government stepping in? Why isn't California stepping in? Why aren't our elected officials here today helping uh, the people in this community that are sleeping 20 feet away from all of this hazardous trash? Now, some of the people in the encampment uh, actually welcomed the volunteers there, and there wasn't any pushback at all. It wasn't people telling them to, to get out. Um, I didn't see anybody from the encampment helping out, but they didn't get in the way. And apparently some really invited the volunteers to, to clean it up. But again, I have no idea how anybody lived in this area. This is pavement. So imagine piles of human waste and rotten food on pavement under the baking sun of the valley. Mm. Uh, you can just think of, imagine those smells. You don't want to imagine those smells. It's bad. I was just- um, yeah, yeah, don't imagine that. Uh, it's well, not a jelly bean flavor. Is this a uh, is this a one time one time thing, or does this guy plan on doing some more of these? Well, he did take a tour around a couple of spots in L.A. Of course, he made the the trip down to Skid Row. I don't know if he plans to do something else. He's he's really kind of doing these events around the country, uh, trying to. It's kind of like the old adage, adage uh, don't talk about it, be about it. That's really what he wants to do. And so he's just trying to get volunteers across the country to do things such as this. But really what made this unique, I don't ever remember an occasion in which he had, especially an encampment with this much filth, that there was no city department involved. It was simply people from the area led by uh, this uh, activist on social media. And it was people from all the way out from Riverside to Orange County, uh, certainly the L.A. area, the Valley, all showing up and, and putting in nine hours to clear about 50 tons worth of trash. Wow. Well, uh, thank you for your service for KFI. We appreciate it. <laughs> and Carla gets the next one. Yeah, I think that's a better fit. <laughs> a great idea. All right. But wait a minute. That means you have to go out to the desert and hang out with people who want to see aliens. <laughs> Yeah, I did not pitch that story. I'm I'm glad he did. <laughs> Excellent, thank you, Andrew Mullenbeck. Fine work, appreciate it. By the way, there yes, will yes. be there is another um, uh, another homeless encampment cleanup that's scheduled for today, sort of in that same general area. But as Andrew was mentioning, this was you know over the weekend, this was one of the first ones we've seen that's not associated with any sort of government agency. In this case, today's cleanup has been spearheaded by uh, City Councilwoman Nuri Martinez and several city departments. So we'll see. <laughs> We'll see the difference between a private citizen who just gets volunteers and how it is the city can kind of cock this up and screw it all up by uh, by getting too many agencies involved. Well, Felicity Huffman is going to get two weeks in prison, and this week it looks like a U.S. district judge will sentence 10 more parents. We'll take a look at what they're facing when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Uh, oh, hey, don't forget, Thursday, coming up, our next News and Brews. This Thursday, September 26th, we're going to be live at BJ's Restaurant and Brew House uh, on the City Drive South, right there in the city of Orange. Next to the outlets, you know that is the same thing, just right where the 405 and the 22 come together. Easy freeway access. No excuse for you not to be out at our next News and Brews coming up Thursday at BJ's Restaurant and Brew House in the city of Orange.
Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. An American soldier is under arrest after allegedly discussing a bomb attack against a major U.S. news network. FBI agents arrested this guy by the name of Jarrett Smith. He also planned to travel to Ukraine to fight with a violent extremist group. Apparently he was chatting online on Facebook about how to build a bomb using a cell phone and all of that. Can't do that? How dumb do you have to be to go on Facebook and talk how to build a bomb? There is a uh, a trial, a murder trial that's taken place in Dallas. It started up today. If you remember the case of that off-duty Dallas police officer who walked into what she thought was her apartment and ended up shooting and killing the guy whose apartment it actually was. She told investigators that after her 15-hour shift, she parked on the wrong floor of her apartment complex's parking garage and then went to that floor's equivalent apartment, basically, the same apartment in the same location when it was actually the one just above where she belongs. Looks like Cory Booker is on the last legs of his bid for 2020, putting out a desperate plea over the weekend for more money, saying he's going to need a couple million dollars more by the next week or so to continue on. And you know what's funny? Those types of pleas for money in a campaign like this never work. It's always some viral moment. It's always some major speech. It's Kamala Harris in that first debate. That's what results in millions of extra money, not a plea. Hey, if you don't give me the money where our campaign is doomed. I just want to know who's going to be throwing money away, basically, on on that. There's no chance for Cory Booker. No. But they feel like, I don't know, I, I you will be hard-pressed to find me giving money to any political candidate. You know, you're Ever. you're, you're going to, I would never do it either, but you're going to spend a couple hundred bucks to make sure he makes another campaign event in Wisconsin and all his staffers can go? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. What are you paying for at that, at that point? Well, Varsity Blues update. We expect to see several more parents sentenced this week, sort of echoing what we saw last week with the Felicity Huffman, or week before last, uh, with the Felicity Huffman sentencing. Of two weeks in prison, some some fine money, some community service, that sort of a thing. Well, there was a ruling that uh, the federal judge made about sentencing in these upcoming cases. And what's interesting is the prison sentences for these parents who are pleading guilty, by the way, who they admit that they took part in this scheme, the sentences will not be based on how much money they spent in the scam felicity huffman you remember she spent 15 grand basically to get her daughter's college entrance exams fixed but others we know spent a quarter million five hundred thousand a million plus to get their kids into the schools they wanted them in on one hand this ruling means parents could receive significantly lower prison sentences or avoid prison altogether but on the other the judge's decision that felicity huffman should spend some time incarcerated is a sign she'll come down just as hard or harder on other parents well and and the the prosecutors were the ones who were saying we want sentences tied to the amount that they spent to get their kids in college. When the judge said, that's not going to play into my decision, the prosecutors then came back and said, okay, well, maybe not the dollar amount, but how about this? How crazy, how audacious, how how fraudulent the, the plans were? Let's base it on that. You know, as I've sat on this story since it broke, I've kind of evolved a little bit from being completely um, abhor- like just 
disgusted with the idea that these rich people can buy their way into schools to a different way of thinking of, well, I think you'd be hard to pre- hard pressed to find a parent who wouldn't want to give their kid a leg up if they had the means necessary. You know, and I just look around in the news last week of Gavin Newsom letting out murderers and all of this. You're going to put Felicity Huffman in in jail for two weeks. I mean, you've got guys in California, thanks to AB 109, Prop uh, 47 and 57, that won't do two weeks for violating their parole. Right. You know, for violent crime. Felicity Huffman, who at this point, we believe, had a clean criminal record. Yeah. You know, does something like this, which is a genuine attempt to better her daughter's life, albeit through criminal means, at least through fraud. Yeah, I mean, I, I I get it as well. Plus, I'm I'm in the position now where my wife and I talk about this case because it's so top of mind for us right now in terms of college applications and getting the girl into the school that she wants to get into. But I would never do it. I understand the temptation of right. it. But I don't have a half a million scratch to just hang out and let go. You I mean, also haven't hung around in circles where this is done all the time. Yeah. In social circles where it's it's... Well, I mean, just to give you an example, do this quickly. One of the guys that's going to be sentenced this week paid Rick Singer and some accomplice a quarter million dollars to get his son into USC by faking the fact that the kid was a water polo player, right? I mean, the guy went so far as to buy water polo gear online, the little hat that they wear and the the, uh, ball and everything, and then took a picture of his own kid in the backyard pool and then paid some other digital guy to come in and Photoshop an actual water polo match around him and submit that as evidence that he was a water polo player. I mean, there's a, there's also, there, there are levels of this, and I think that that's what the judge is going to be paying more attention to, perhaps. Up next, the Black Keys piss off a lot of their fans by trying to make things easier and more affordable for their fans. We'll tell you how it went down at the Wiltern. Gary and Shannon will continue in a moment. Shannon, KFI AM 640. Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Anytime on the iHeartRadio app, you can listen to podcasts of this and every show here on KFI. Yeah, that looks pretty good. It does. Renee Zellweger as Judy Garland. The transformation is incredible. I mean, just in the trailer, she should win the Oscar. And just think, if you were sitting in the studio with us and you were also watching TV commercials, you could also comment on them like we do. We're so easily distracted. I know, squirrel. What's wrong with us? Oh my gosh, could you imagine? You're on vacation, and all of a sudden you find out that all your flights have been canceled, all your travel accommodations canceled because your travel agency has gone belly up. That is the reality for hundreds of thousands of travelers and businesses around the world. I mean, families are stranded, honeymoons canceled. Thousands of workers laid off. It was quite, uh, quite the sudden collapse of that British tour company, Thomas Cook. Uh, speaking of travel gone bad, did you see the story of the guy who uh, he asked his girlfriend to marry him and then died? 
Yeah. He was swimming in a in like they have an under under underwater room, I guess, at this resort in Tanzania. Yeah. And he swims down and he holds up the note, "Hey, will you marry me?" And then he drowns because he, he stays down there for too long. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that we're gonna find out that alcohol or drugs were a factor. Or could be and right. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wiltern Theater. No cell phones, please. The Black Keys. Well, a lot of people didn't get to hear those words because they couldn't get in. Hundreds of ticket-holding fans turned away from the Black Keys' first headlining show in five years. Some of these people had waited in line for hours, but the electronic tickets that they had were no good. Okay, so uh, you saw the headlines, right? And it made it sound like either the Black Keys were being the a-holes in this one, or uh, maybe it was the will turn, or these bad actors that are your third-party ticket resellers, that sort of thing. The way it's explained, according to the Black Keys, the concert that they did on Thursday was supposed to be a kickoff. Like you said, it's been years since they toured, right? So they opened this specifically to their fan club members and charged them only 25 bucks a piece. That's a great price for a Black Keys ticket at a place like the Wiltern. Beautiful venue, great place to see live music. Well, it turns out what, what, they, what they did was... They turned off ticket transferability. That's what uh, that's what the Black Keys said. Ticketmaster insists that admission had always been billed as non-transferable from the get-go, but those turned away insisted that non-transferable never came up in any announcements about the show. Yeah. Now that's I don't know who to try. I don't know who's right or wrong on this, but. The Black Keys basically said, we didn't want you to be able to forward your your tickets to somebody else, which could include that third-party ticket reseller. Because some people, $25 face value ticket, some people were paying $350 per ticket, per $25 ticket. And according to some of the people who showed up at the venue, when they bought it off of that third-party site, they were getting pictures of the tickets. Not like a not like a barcode or a QR code that would be on your phone, but a picture of the ticket that then would be received. Here's the thing. When you go to StubHub, like Beatrice did, to buy three tickets for her and her two kids, and they sell you the seats for more than $700 she paid, by the way, you think that it's all above board, don't you? Yeah. Because you're going through StubHub. You're not going to, you know, Gary's tickets on the dark web. You're going to StubHub. It should be... Gary's totally team. legit. Well, and, and then she has to deal with her kids, nine and fourteen years old, after waiting in line for hours. Them leaving in tears. So who's to blame? I mean, the I moose mean, you, out front should have told you. Do you blame the band for this? I I don't think the band knew how this was going to go down. Yeah. In terms of people going to StubHub or Ticketmaster and buying buying tickets honestly. So. The question I think they have to figure out, I don't, you know, each of these individual resellers is going to have their own policy on what it is that they do. I think a lot of these tickets get refunded and it's not a big deal other than the fact that, I mean, the L.A. Times likes to point out the fact that that Beatrice had to drive in rush hour traffic to get to Koreatown. Okay, okay, well, listen, I know that's a hassle, but it's not, not the 750 bucks you blew on tickets. 
that that's the biggest issue. I wonder if you get the uh, $400 you pay in service fees, if you get that back, too. Better. I mean, just in terms of of making sure that you get tickets like this. If you've ever done that, and uh, I want to say it was back in April. Oh, it was when we were in Nashville. We went to go see Mumford & Sons in Nashville. I bought tickets on one of those third-party resellers, and they email you a notification, you know, 48 hours or so before the concert that says, here are your tickets. Uh, It was about eight hours before the concert, and I still hadn't gotten the email that said, these are your tickets. And I had to be on the phone with them for a good 45 minutes before they said, oh, our fault. We just didn't click this box when the guy gave us, here they go. They should should appear right now. Bing, there they go. You waited until eight hours before? Well. This is like when you didn't check in for that flight. Well. We need to work on this. It all worked out in both cases. I made it on the flight with my baby, and I made it to the cruise. And then we also got in to see Mumford & Sons. So everything worked out in the end. You're just flying by the seat of your pants over there. (laughs) Actually flying by the seat of my wife's pants. That made her less happy. (laughs) All right, coming up next, we got a tear in the sky story. Speaking of flying by the seat of your pants. You betcha. Also, coming up this Thursday, our next news and brews. Reason for you to get out of uh, out of school early, perhaps. Thursday, September 26th, we're going to be live at BJ's Restaurant and Brew House in the city of Orange, right there next to the outlets in Orange. We'll do the show live, 10 a.m. till 2 p.m., Victor, just so you know. All the info is on our webpage, kfiam640.com, and use that keyword, Gary and Shannon. Yes. You in the back. The one with the half smile. I would like to... Hey, it's getting better. It's getting much better. Thank you. Almost unnoticeable. Uh... I'd like to use my time on the microphone to air this grievance, and it is against NBC. Wait, make sure you first, if you're going to take the microphone, you need to announce your uh, preferred pronouns. Uh, Shannon Farron. Shannon. She, her. My pronouns are she, her. There you go. Go on. All right. Uh, (laughs) I was going to do height and weight, and then I decided (laughs) against it. Um, All right. So my problem is with NBC. Yes. And Sunday Night Football. Okay. I don't know if this is the first year of the first year that I've noticed it, but I come home from the Chargers game, Mm -hmm. and I want to see highlights from all the games. Right. But they do this thing at halftime where it's like, you're Sunday in 60 seconds. It's like, I want more than 60 seconds of just frame, split frame, touchdown, penalty, just little blurbs that, that are supposed to give me... 60 seconds of getting caught up on all the games that happen on Sunday. No, what I want at halftime of the Sunday night football game is like a four-minute package that takes me to every game and gives me the highlights. Which is plenty of time to tell the story of the game. Like, what do you do at 60 seconds? I don't want 60 seconds. It's time for terror in the skies. Flight 209, you are cleared for takeoff. Roger, get off Hot my plane. <laughs> Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Enough is enough. I have had it with these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. It's Gary and Shannon's Terror in the Skies on KFI. I apologize for all my misplaced anger today. No, 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 it's fine. I, I, I know where it comes from. It's, yeah. Got to put it somewhere. Don't bottle it up. No. Don't bottle it up. Well, this is a... Uh, 
This is a packed airplane that had to make an emergency landing, unscheduled touchdown on an American Airlines plane from Phoenix to Minneapolis when the pilot came on to warn of an urgent security issue on board. So they uh, they head down to Denver about halfway through. A passenger was throwing a tantrum and allegedly began telling others, others that he was under the influence of drugs. That doesn't seem too much. Here's the problem. Um, He claimed he was on cocaine, and then he sparked up a joint in the cabin, which caused all the problems. Listen, if you've got a guy high on coke, let him fire up his joint. It's going to calm him down. It's going to level him out a little bit. If they let that man smoke his weed, we wouldn't be in this predicament. Well, they did try to coax him out of the bathroom, but he came out after 10 minutes just as the airplane was going in to land. And after it actually touched down is when he sparked his doobie as my father might like to say um, and then was reportedly heard screaming when the cops came on board take it off it hurts i'll effing kill you well they strapped him to a stretcher <laughs> i can see where that would hurt okay just De- let the man get high denver police said their officers determined that this issue was really more medical related than anything else so he was not arrested. He did not end up being booked on any charges, but they did whisk him away to uh, to a nearby hospital for fifty one fifty situation. Probably yeah, they just wanted to make sure that he was okay. That's it. Um, you also mentioned this just uh, as a headline a couple minutes ago. The British government has launched an investigation into the biggest peacetime repatriation of its citizens after the collapse of Thomas Cook, the longtime travel company. The uh, story is pretty incredible in that the world's oldest travel company ceased trading this morning with immediate effect, canceled all of its future flights because of some pretty serious financial losses. They said that there may be, in terms of European passengers, there may be 500,000 European passengers stranded now with no way to get home, at least no clear way to get home. 350,000 Germans alone are believed to have been affected by this travel company collapse and are now trying to find ways to, once their vacation is over, get back to work. Good luck. That's tough. (laughs) That would be terrifying. You expect everything is in order when you leave on vacation. And this doesn't ever, has never crossed my mind. And what if you go into a place, uh, Costa Rica? I was in Costa Rica a year and a half ago and had a beautiful time. It was an incredible place. But if I had to, you know, take matters into my own hands and get my family back to the airport, which was, you know, 150 miles away from where we were staying. You would have been fine in Costa Rica. But what if you were in Morocco? Right. Yeah. I mean, there are other places that would have been much more potentially. What if you were in a hut in the Maldives? Maybe I will be. If I was out Don't those look in the so Maldives? cool? Yes, those, the ones that the are the still water. Along, except for the part where the guy says, will you marry me? Blah, and blah, then blah, blah, dies. Blah. Yeah, there's that. We're he gonna, was actually in Tanzania. You know, we should uh, take calls coming up in the show about uh, engagements gone wrong, proposals gone wrong. That's a good idea. I mean, not they it don't have to idea. end in death. I wish I came up That's with That's pretty it. extreme. But um, <laughs> uh, when we come back, we will get into all of our trending stories, including... Terrence Howard on the red carpet last night at the Emmys. Oh, boy. Uh, Someone's gone. It's a good thing that the people at Marvel took him out of the uh, the Iron Man movies. This would have been a mess. (laughs) We'll play that for you. Oh, I also want to talk about uh, Jenny McCarthy. 
Oh. <laughs> interviewing Christina Applegate. Holy hell. Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. Home, where families connect and memories are made. Find your new home with PenFed, a mortgage partner who brings confidence and value to your home buying experience. They offer low rates and no lender fees and can even help you find a real estate agent through their trusted partners. Let PenFed bring you home. Visit PenFed.org slash home or call 1-800-970-7766. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA, equal housing lender. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I'm worried about his immune system. Well, I know Handel was in here today, and he said he felt fine, but he didn't sound sound like he was coming down with something. And now Nick sounds like he's coming down with something. Nick has something wrong with him pretty regularly. Like, uh, if he's not stabbing himself with his sword that he has just for decoration, he's running into things at at Target in his flip-flops. He's spilling yeah. coffee on himself. Oh, see, listen now. Now, even with a microphone, it sounds even worse. I need to get better because I have a. a I, I'm flying in a couple. In a, well, like why a week. don't you go home? Because I, I got. Why don't you go on I home to take now? Care of you guys, you got to feed us. That was part of it. I think Nick uh, Blake can handle that. No, you do require tending to. Blake says when I'm not here, you guys devolve into mayhem a little bit. Um, what? Wait, what? Not mayhem. Mayhem was not the word. Maybe not mayhem. You guys just you you guys emotionally are searching for him the whole time he's not here. Yeah, but if he's not well, I would feel better if he were at home with his head under the covers and a I didn't half tell a him bottle not of to Crown Royal on the nightstand. I also don't want Blake to speak for our emotions. <laughs> I'm just saying what I what I see happen. That's all it is. What else is going on for the last <laughs> time for what's happening? Schools in uh, Puerto Rico will be closed tomorrow. They're gearing up for Tropical Storm Karen. Tropical Tropical Storm warning in effect for Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands because they haven't been through a lot. Yeah, this is new for them, right? Uh, Karen could bring heavy rain, possibly some flash flooding. They're saying areas could see up to six inches of rain. By the way, this is the tropics, so this is not a horrible storm. But it is strong enough to con, um, uh, to forecast, con, uh, what do you call it, potential damage. Not even major damage necessarily, but, but t- potential damage. Hopefully this one will not strengthen and we will just have hilarious Karen memes with live, <laughs> laugh, love and basic for the next week. Uh, you mentioned this as well. There is a story trending. The FBI has arrested an American soldier who allegedly discussed plans to bomb a major American news network. Plan to travel to Ukraine to fight with violent far-right group Azov Battalion and was distributing information online how to build bombs uh, and maybe even suggested targeting Beto O'Rourke, of all people. That right there is a red flag. (laughs) (laughs) Who's going to waste their energy targeting Beto O'Rourke? He said in suggesting that the headquarters of a major news network could be targeted, he said a large vehicle bomb, fill a vehicle full of explosives, then fill a ping pong ball with a commonly available chemical, it's redacted, via drilling, then injection, put the ball in the tank of the vehicle and leave. 30 minutes later, boom. 
So Authorities in Pittsburgh say they had an apparent mass drug overdose there at an apartment complex that left four men in the hospital. Apparently, the men initially went to a venue together. Then they went to the same apartment Sunday, yesterday, where they used narcotics at the same time. They haven't said what what drug or what combination of drugs they took. They also won't say where the men went before they went back to the apartment to use the drugs. But they were all wearing orange paper wristbands. Yeah, that was the thing that everybody was asking for. Pittsburgh police were looking specifically for anybody who went to a party in Pittsburgh that was giving out those wristbands. So maybe they able, they could track down what they think might be a potentially deadly batch of uh, of some drug, whatever that drug is in the community. Pro tip, take your wristband off as you're leaving said venue where you get your wristband. Why? Well, I mean, it's kind of like a red flag, isn't it, if you're driving home from somewhere? Oh, that's true. Unless you write no drinking or no drugs on your wristband. Oh, is that right? Because then you're like, but I, I am the designated driver. Uh, in Dallas, the judge has sequestered the jury for the Amber Geiger trial. Amber Geiger is that uh, that cop who was off duty after a very long shift, parked in the wrong floor of her apartment complex and went into what apartment she thought was hers and eventually shot and killed the guy in the apartment of Bo Jean on the uh, Southside Flats apartment complex. He happened to be black. She happened to be white. And there are uh, a lot of people who considered this a race-based shooting. So um, she admits that she screwed up, but we'll see if it results in some sort of a conviction or not. We have more swingers news for you. We told you the story last week about the Silicon Valley actor who likes to go to swingers clubs with his wife, even though she doesn't like to go. This news comes to us from a swingers club near Kansas City. That sounds like a nice spot. Actually, it's called The Spot, Lifestyle and Swingers Club. That's funny. About 10 miles east of downtown Kansas City. Shooting happened about 3.30 this morning after a fight outside The Spot. Deputies found more than 40 shell casings fired from multiple weapons. So they're swinging and they're armed. That sounds like a really bad combination. Yeah, because I would imagine there's probably some disagreements that go on in a swingers club just a guess yeah a couple things online to check out number one is the uh frozen two trailer how many times have you watched it today you're up to three i now? started it one time oh. and, and then i finished it the second time i don't i'm not really into it you were really into the first one i was i don't know maybe it'll take me six years to see this one also it's possible and then the other thing that happened online that's uh, been going around at least locally is Channel 5, Jessica and Sam were on the red carpet last night for the Emmys, and they ran into Terrence Howard, of course, from Empire. I mean, everyone keeps trying to tell me, don't say it's forever. But He's I, talking about quitting acting. I mean, everyone keeps trying to tell me, don't say it's forever. But I've spent 37 years pretending to be people so that people can pretend to watch and enjoy what I'm doing when I've made some discoveries in my own personal life with the science that... You know, Pythagoras was searching for. I was able to open up the flower of life properly and find the real wave conjugations that we've been looking for for 10,000 years. Why would I continue, you know, walking on water for tips when I've got an entire generation to teach a whole new world? 
What? That's a big remark. Yeah. What, what, what do you intend Sam to, to says, do? Sam says, what did you just say? Well, let me put it this way. All energy in the universe is expressed in motion. Right. All motion is expressed in waves. waves yeah. All waves are curves. curves. So where does the straight lines come from to make the platonic solids? Oh, my God. There are no straight lines. I mean. So blew my I mind. the flower of life and opened it properly, I found a whole new wave conjugations that expose the in-between spaces. That's... It's the thing that I knew it. Together. So wait, wait. On Tuesday, when I receive my star, I'm going to be able to star in the Hollywood Walk that of gravity fame. is only an effect and not a force. I'm putting something on YouTube where I will build the planet Saturn without gravity and build the Milky Way galaxy without gravity. There you go. <laughs> now, this is what I hate about covering celebrities for the, these reporters is they can't, like you and I would do, say something to the effect of, have you lost your mind? What or, drugs are you on? Yeah, you how high? high are you right now? Or, you know, like talking to them like real people. Instead, right. they have to handle them with kid gloves. Oh, you're getting a star. Oh, that's great. It's like, are we going to ignore the two and a half minutes of Pythagoras? <laughs> are we going to just Pythagoras gloss over that? Wave curvature and the straight platonic solids. The other big interview on the red carpet that got a lot of attention was Jenny McCarthy interviewing Christina Applegate. Jenny McCarthy says to Christina Applegate, oh, I totally looked up to you growing up. When I grew up, I wanted to be just like you. They're one year apart, guys. <laughs> and Christina Applegate, to her credit, was just like, you could tell in her head. She's like, B? Yeah. Seriously? You know, but she was just very um, professional about it. And then uh, and then Jenny McCarthy says to her, this is your first Emmy nomination, isn't it? And she's like, uh, uh, no, no, I had a couple, uh, a couple other ones. It's a good thing she did her homework. That makes it more entertaining for us, even though, like I said, and so did Amy, 17 people watched the Emmys last night. Just 17. We come back. Uh, quick uh, hot sports takes, I think, right? We're going to do a quick uh, wrap-up of our uh, Gas Fantasy foreplay for the week. See how things went out at... Uh... Hot sports takes. Hot sports takes. I feel really bad for Giants fans. Why? Because Daniel Jones can play quarterback? Because of Saquon Barkley. Oh, for that. It's yeah. like they got they got their next quarterback. I mean, he played he played brilliantly. And then the cruel twist of fate of having your star running back... The guy that you built that team around out now six weeks with that high ankle sprain. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM640, everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Coming up after Amy's News at the bottom of the hour, we will go live to Washington to check up on the president's U.N. meetings. One of the things that he did this morning was uh, address the issue of the phone call with the Ukrainian president from back in July. That's not going anywhere anytime soon, so we'll talk about that. Also, it looks like Elizabeth Warren has jumped to the top of the polls in Iowa, which is a huge, a significant jump for her. Uh, not necessarily nationwide, but definitely in Iowa. So. But is she striking too soon? Because we still have, what, four months? Yeah, first of February is when the Iowa caucuses are. Well, uh, we saw some pretty fun action over the weekend in terms of football. I do think that the best football game that I saw happened to be the Saturday night game between UCLA and Washington State. 
What a comeback. Uh, but all that means is Chip Kelly's job is safe for now. It was going to be safe. You think so? Yeah. I think that deal was, uh, I think that was part of the deal. Well, tonight. Now, you know whose job isn't safe? Who was that? Jim Harbaugh. God, Michigan. What the hell is that? They're not even competitive. Well, you're also not a fan of Jim Harbaugh. You don't. Oh, I love Jim Harbaugh. Are what? you kidding me? I thought you didn't like oh, him. Oh, no. I love him. I mean, have you seen that man's quote board? Yes. He's uh, all sorts of crazy, and I am all in with that. I think the crazier you are as like a coach in the NFL, yeah, the better the results are. Uh, I mean, to- look at Bill Belichick. If that guy wasn't a head coach, he'd be in his mom's basement in that dirty sweatshirt. He'd get he'd have more cheese its dust all over him. Oh yeah. Uh, tonight, Bears at Redskins for football, but uh, Bills, Patriots, Chiefs, Packers, Rams, and 49ers are all three and zero on the season uh, so far. Well, I guess you could say Detroit is undefeated, but they tied a game. You know, so. It's weird with the Rams and the 49ers. They both had a ton of turnovers yesterday. Yeah, but yet still came out victorious. Well, I mean. I- I actually thought in that first half of the game that Cleveland last night looked like the Cleveland that everyone was expecting them to. Yeah, they made a game of it, and then weak mm. stream. Pooped the bed at some point, didn't mm. they? I mean, those are two issues. Those, two gotta get those taken care of. Distinct issues. Speaking of issues, how about the Chargers? Uh, uh, frustrating. Very frustrating because this is such a good team, but injuries have really just taken their toll. You know, when Derwin James went out beginning of the season you're going to have to have adrian phillips in there at strong safety and when he broke his forearm last week in detroit everyone let out a collective we are screwed because now you've got an undrafted rookie at strong safety it's just it 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 was a long afternoon and you know what he did a, a great job roderick teamer did a great job with the experience that he has but it's not much and it counts at that position. Well, I know you were listening. Uh, it was very funny because Daniel Jeremiah, as the uh, the color analyst last night, uh, yesterday afternoon, would say things like, oh, man, you know, they bring this guy in. For, speaking of the Texans, they bring this guy in. They're going to probably, you know, they haven't really done a whole lot of screenplays right. to him. And next, I mean, seconds later, they throw a screen to that guy and yes. he goes for 27 yards. Yeah. And Matt finally said, hey, would you stop calling those plays? you got to stop talking about that, DJ. <laughs> you got to stop talking about the Texans. Matt actually sounded kind of upset. Yeah. It was kind of funny. But listen, I, one of the things that, I, that we were worried about going into the season for the Chargers was that their running backs, you know, without Melvin Gordon in there, I got to tell you, Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson look Awesome. They do. They look really, really strong. That has not been the issue. No. The issue continues to be injuries. Now, when they get all these guys back in six weeks, look out. But how much damage is going to be done? I mean, you head to Miami this week, and that's good news because Miami's the worst team in in, in the NFL. But they're still a professional football team, as the guys would tell you. Uh, Mike Williams, in particular, yesterday in the locker room, you're still dealing with pro players. Yeah. Who, by the way, are all pissed off now. Exactly. I mean, the deeper they get into the season, the Dolphins are going to be pissed off. And you don't want to be the one team that they're able to to get above. God, though, the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes just look just as unbeatable as the Patriots. Isn't he... Just athletically, he's got to be the most impressive person on the field of all of the teams, uh, anybody playing football right now. I've never seen plays be so dead that a player was single-handedly able to breathe new life into them. 
I mean, you think a play is over for 10 seconds and, and all of a sudden Patrick Mahomes emerges and is able to sidearm a no-look pass into the end zone. Yeah. I mean, he's just single-handedly. With, with his offhand, too. Right. Like, <laughs> through right. left-handed, underarm, under, and behind him. <clears throat> anyway, that was fun. Uh, again, tonight, uh, Bears at Redskins. Dodgers also, congratulations. They won their 100th game First to 100, so they're trying to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs as a result of the best record in baseball. I believe the odds are right now Dodgers, Astros, Yankees in terms of Vegas and uh, the World Series winner. A uh, big win to a uh, big congratulations, I should, I should say, to David. All underscore David picked all four games correctly on Twitter and only one. I was telling a friend of mine about this, this you know, gas fantasy foreplay that we do. And how hard it is to pick all four games. It's really tough. You think that some weeks are gimmies, and yeah. they're not. You get surprised. All right, coming back, Swamp Watch on Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Showing some metropolitan police there in Washington, D.C. Removing people who were protesting, some climate activists who are blocking major intersections in D.C. And they did one of those things where they would put their hands in those metal pipes and handcuff them together. Handcuff the, you know, my arm to your arm inside that yeah. metal pipe so that it took a long time for cops to come and get a, you know, an angle grinder or whatever it is and take that pipe apart. Can't they just... You guys are done. I'm going to leave you here for a couple days. See see if you ever do that again. I mean, yes, they were blocking intersections, but there's got to be a point where you as a police officer just go, you know what? You guys did this. So we'll see how you how you handle sitting here for two days. Well, the president arrived today at the United Nations at the start of the U.N. General Assembly Week. And that is where we begin Swamp Watch. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Well, taking center stage is Ukraine as more questions emerge about what happened in that phone conversation between the president and the president of Ukraine. Serena Marshall's joining us from Washington, D.C., helping us uh, figure out all of this. Uh, the president made some comments about his conversation with the president of Ukraine today. Serena, what's going on? Yeah, Gary Shannon, he uh, once again, he said it this weekend, he again said that he did ask the newly elected president of Ukraine about his political rival, Joe Biden's son. And then he went on and said that there was no pressure put on them whatsoever. And then he said, I'm going to quote here, you guys, I could have. I think it might probably possibly have been okay if I did, but I didn't. Now, remember, this call with Ukraine happened uh, back in July on the 25th. He was calling to congratulate him about being elected as the new president. The Wall Street Journal reported that he asked him more than eight times to work with his 
private personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, about an investigation into the Bidens. The president over the weekend admitted that he did ask about the Bidens and again today reiterated that. At the same time that all this is going on, there's that whistleblower complaint that we do not know who that complaint is about. We simply know it's about the president and a foreign leader where there was a a question of a promise made. And you have the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, demanding that that letter and that complaint be turned over to Congress in accordance with the law by Thursday when the de- when the acting director of national intelligence makes an appearance to testify before Congress. The president has suggested that it's not him who should be under investigation. It's Joe Biden. Has there ever been an investigation into Biden and what happened with his son's energy company? Yeah, so all of this about Joe Biden goes back to 2014 when Biden was vice president of the U.S. He was putting pressure on Ukraine in the midst of their uh, civil war, essentially, to fire this uh, member of the political party who was known to be corrupt. And many other world leaders have come out and said that pressure to to, to get rid of that political uh, Ukrainian government official was appropriate. The name, this man's name is Shokin. And so they all said that that was totally appropriate. But Shokin was at the same time investigating a probe into Burisma, which is an oil company that had recently added the president's son Hunter to its board of directors. That is what they're saying needs to be investigated. Shokin and Rudy Giuliani have said this is, is improper, that the vice president shouldn't have been pushing for Shokin to be ousted because he was investigating the vice president's son's company that he was on the board for, but multiple world leaders have come out and said Shokin was corrupt and needed to be ousted from the Ukraine previously. There's been stories about that. We've written stories about it. Uh, the administration says that Joe Biden's son, Hunter, taking that position on the board had no bearings whatsoever because he was a private citizen and that the pressure put on the Ukraine to get rid of Shokin was about other corruption, not anything to do with his son. So that has been looked at. There have been stories written about it, as I said, but that is what the administration is now saying is the issue that needs to be looked at more aggressively. But the question here, you guys, comes down to that phone call with the newly elected Ukrainian president, not asking him to weed out corruption, which the president said would have been fine, but putting pressure on him to work with his private lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, who holds no place in the administration whatsoever, at the same time that $250 million in military aid that had been previously approved by Congress was being held up by the Trump administration. So if we believe everyone, Joe Biden was using his office of vice president of the United States to put pressure on Ukraine for his own personal gain. And the president was using his office in that phone call and the $250 million in aid to Ukraine that had been approved by Congress, but the check had yet to been signed over using his office for his own personal benefit for the 2020 election. That is a good, succinct version of this. Yes. Shannon, it gets even more complicated because you have that whistleblower complaint, right? So the whistleblower came forward and went to their watchdog within the, the inspector general and said, you know, this happened between a world leader and the president. I think there's a problem there. The inspector general, by law, has to look over that complaint and decide if there's merit. 
in this case, they did, and they said there is merit, and it requires urgent concern and should be turned over to Congress. From there, it goes to the Director of National Intelligence. Right now, we have an acting Director of National Intelligence who, instead of turning it over to Congress, went to the Department of Justice. Now, we don't know for certain if that whistleblower complaint is about that Ukraine call or not. If it has anything to do with Ukraine, it could be with another world, world leader. We know that they said through sources that it had to do with Ukraine, but there are five world leaders that we know the president spoke to during that same period of time. So the Speaker of the House is saying we need to see that whistleblower complaint right now, as was dictated by law, before the, depu- before the acting director of national intelligence shows up on Thursday so we can decide if there's merit here because this changes the calculus for our investigation entirely. Would you expect the White House to release a transcript of that call? The transcript of the call, that's a good question. The president just today has gone back and forth saying, yes, we probably should. Maybe we will. I don't know if we will. The administration is saying it would set a bad precedent because that way world leaders, when they speak to the president, might not feel comfortable speaking bluntly, knowing that a transcript would be released. But remember, it's not just uh, the U.S. who has a copy of that call. There are people in the Ukrainian government who have copies of that call. They provided their own readout. And the U.S. readout following that immediacy of that call, the U.S. did not mention corruption whatsoever as the Ukrainian government did say corruption was brought up during that phone call. So it could be released from someone outside of the U.S. But again, the transcript is what we're focusing on, but that whistleblower complaint is what Capitol Hill is focusing on. Serena Marshall, great work as always. Appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. All right. One of the things I want to do when we come back is I want to play for you a video. People have been sending us the link to this Joe Biden video where he talks about that example. And it's 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 not the slam dunk case that people are assuming it is right. because there's there's a key that's missing. Serena touched on it, but we'll talk more about it. When we come back. also that Elizabeth Warren poll in Iowa. She is at the top of the poll. She now. is in love with that poll. Said no one ever about Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> Gary and Shannon. Sorry for making it gross. I'm on fire. I tell her, baby, 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 I'm a fireball. Blood sugar starting to equal out now. Your volume. Back in proportion now. Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640. That's us. Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Anytime on the iHeartRadio app as well. You can download our podcasts and listen at any time that is convenient for you. The president says more U.S. troops will be stationed in Poland as the result of new cooperation between the two countries. He said that Poland will pick up the expense of new facilities for the troops. Apparently, Poland came to us and asked for more troops to be located there. Okay. Well, say so. Um, the uh, the issue of the whistleblower, the conversations with Ukraine, etc. I just wanted to play a uh, a quick thing for you. Uh, because it's a it's a video that keeps being forwarded to us. Um, Joe Biden was at uh, speaking before the Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, I think it was January of last year, and it was regarding it, it was him bragging about forcing the Ukrainian government to get rid of a prosecutor. Uh, you heard Serena Marshall talk about it just a few minutes ago, and this prosecutor was in fact investigating an oil company, an oil and gas company that. Joe Biden's son had just become a board member for, or a couple of years earlier had become a board member for. And Joe Biden, in his own words, says that 
he was going to withhold, he and President Obama, were going to withhold a billion dollars in loan guarantees unless that prosecutor, a guy named Victor Shokin, prosecutor general, unless that guy was fired. So he's bragging about the fact that he was able to do this. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah, I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, "You're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here." And I think it was what six hours. I looked. I said, "I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money." Oh, son of a bitch! <laughs> Got fired, and they put in place someone who was solid at the time. Okay, so here's what he admitted to. He admitted to withholding money in order to get what the United States wanted, which was to get that prosecutor out of there. They believed that that guy was corrupt because he was a member of the previous administration that was super pro-Russia. Right. But he did not admit to doing that to help out his son's oil company, an oil and natural gas company. Now... I don't know if he did it or not. I don't know how much he knew that his son. I think I, I think it would be hard. You'd be hard pressed to make me believe he didn't know that his son was on the board of this company that was under investigation. He knew his son was on the board, but he never was given a heads up when his son joined the board. I think that Biden was pissed off at his son for joining the board. Yeah, there was something about they didn't communicate very well. Right. They didn't get, you know, and then these allegations that Rudy Giuliani's been throwing out there that Hunter Biden is a drug addict as well. I, it's it's one thing to say that right there is clear evidence that Joe Biden is a bad guy or did something wrong. Because if that's the case, if not, you're using he's that. Not referencing that board investigation. No. In connection with that prosecution. No, it was all about who was pro-Russia and who wasn't. Right. That's, that's what the United States was concerned about there. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to jump to Joe Biden's defense necessarily. I'm just saying that video itself doesn't prove anything to me other than the fact that he knows he told them we will withhold a billion dollars until that guy is gone. Furthermore, if Joe Biden was that emphatic about getting that prosecutor out of there just because of the board investigation and his son, he certainly wouldn't be that emphatic in a public setting public about board. it. Yeah, Jesus. knowing that this was this had been brought up before. Right. This this came up again in May of just this last of this year, actually, when uh, the prosecutors there in in Ukraine had said that there wasn't anything untoward about this. Here's the other thing that that video really uh, hits home, drives home, I guess I should say. I miss old Joe Biden, (laughs) the one who could put a sentence together for the love of God. Uh, I don't know if he's gone necessarily. I think he's uh, he's tired. (laughs) He's just having a hard time. Hey, Esther. Yeah. And you know what? He was great in that role. As the vice president. As the tough guy you know, role. Corn Pop was a bad dude. I was just kind of like the, the actual guy that you'd want to go have a beer with, as opposed to having a beer with Obama, which doesn't sound like a good time. Does not sound You know, having exciting. a beer with Mike Pence, I can't even, I can't even do that. Cause he well, won't. not alone. We'd go with you. Okay. If you needed company, something like that. But here, the, the opposite of that, of course, is that the assumption that Donald Trump did something or said something incorrect on that conversation, the phone call in July... Until we have uh, the transcript released by the White House, until we have some sort of, of proof of that, everybody wants to jump to the conclusion that it was a horrible thing. And to be honest, we just don't know. You can come down one way or the other based on what you feel, but until we know what was said in that phone call, we really can't make a decision on that. It's time to... She's in love with that pop. 
talk about Elizabeth Warren and her poll. You see her just whipping off that cardigan? No. Revealing a sleeveless mock turtleneck underneath? What do you think her stripper name is? Uh, I don't know. Equality? <laughs> uh, vigilance, that's what I think. Oh, we're going to get so much trouble for turning Elizabeth Warren into a stripper. Latest uh, poll from Real, uh, one of the ones that's on the Real Clear Politics website suggests that she has actually overtaken Joe Biden in Iowa. Uh, in this case, it is the FRA David Binder poll. That says that Elizabeth Warren uh, had, uh, sorry, Iowa State University. That was the poll. Iowa State University. Elizabeth Warren at 24%, Joe Biden 16%, Bernie Sanders 16%. And from down, and from there down, by the way, Buttigieg in double figures there, double digits at 13%, just running barely in fourth, and Kamala Harris at 5%. So they're separating themselves. This this yeah. field is definitely coagulating, it looks like. So we've got four, maybe five, who are going to survive. I would say four September. or five that would survive them. Yeah. Well, how about the next? October. I'll give you the next yeah. uh, The next debate. When is the next debate? Middle of, uh, middle, I think the November. 10th. No, no, no. It's October. It's so funny. It's like, what are we waiting for in these debates? I mean, I know it makes sense to say that. Like, let's wait and see. But it's not like anyone's going to set the world on fire at the next debate. No, not necessarily. But, you know, maybe there's that one Cory Booker moment where instead of begging for money, he says something that goes viral and we see it. uh, We see it go up. You know, we see his donations go up. Uh, The next debate uh, will be October 15th. And if there's I think there's 11 that have qualified. So we'll do two stages. That is our birthday. 12th is our birthday. Oh, it is. I thought it was the 15th. You're right. No, 2015. It is the 12th. Yeah. What are we going to do? Well, I'm going to be at Conway's real birthday. Okay. We'll have to do something on the 11th, the Friday. How old are we? Four? We'll be four. Oh, that's such a special age, isn't it? We completed our fourth year. You're really understanding what the personality is going to be and fun to play with. Alex Stone, when we come back, looks like utilities are going to shut off power because the winds are coming. Tiny the little humans. Blow for My dog and I are almost the same age. Figured that out this weekend. It looks like you really went the extra mile when you get the flowers in the mason jar from the market. It looks like you put that together. You found that brown string. You tied that bow. You found that jute. I don't know what that is. That's the string. That's like. Oh, really? Blake knows what that is. I thought it was just like twine. Sure, it could be. Could be. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Anytime on the iHeartRadio app via podcast as well. When do you want to do this real Ukrainian scandal story about the girl with potential dwarfism? 
I think we do it tomorrow because I that there's as weird as this sounds. I think you want to spread out with that a little bit. I agree. I think we don't have time today, and we're gonna give it the time it deserves tomorrow, Nick. So make sure you get the Ukrainian dwarf uh, top of mind for for tomorrow. Yeah, the twenty two gotcha. year old slash six year old, maybe twenty two years old, maybe six, and tried to kill her parents. We'll get to the bottom of it. Well, it looks like this week. The utilities may be cutting off power to tens of thousands of people in Northern California. We told you that this would be the plan moving forward with high fire danger area, uh, high fire, fire danger days. And uh, Alex Stone is on this story, joins us now. Alex, what is the plan as it stands? Hey, guys. Well, uh, we're going right into the, the heart of fire season now, especially in Southern California. So you got to take off your sweater. Wait, that didn't sound right. You, you know what I mean. Uh, but sure, yeah, Alex. Yeah, Shannon knows what I'm talking. About. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but no, this we're we're getting into it right now, and uh, this is what we're seeing in, in Northern California today. That uh, the PG&E is looking at uh, nine different counties where they have put folks on standby for turning off their power. Something that Southern California Edison has said in Southern California, when it's appropriate, they will look at doing as well. Uh, this is not the first time for Northern California and PG&E doing this. They've done it a couple of times, and really it comes from all of the fires, whether it be the Tubbs Fire in Sonoma County or the Car Fire up near Redding or uh, the, the fire near Paradise in Paradise, that all of those combined, PG&E is saying, okay, here's how we deal with this now, that when it looks like there is a threat of high winds coming in on a red flag day with low humidity, with hot temperatures, that they're just going to shut off the power, that the way they're going to save lives is by doing that now, Critics would say this is really just a way to, to save their own heinies, that, that they're dealing with so much right now when it comes to lawsuits and so many fires that have been created by PG&E's equipment, and SoCal Edison as well, but PG&E especially, that this is uh, them trying to lower their liability. The good news is, even though so many people in Northern California have been put on standby, about 125,000, PG&E a few minutes ago said Lake, Napa, and Sonoma counties won't have to deal with it tonight. They may tomorrow, uh, but the Sierra Nevada foothills, they're still potentially going to deal with uh, power shutoffs tonight. So they're still in the crosshairs, but some counties are now out. Is there a common set of criteria for the different utilities? PG&E is obviously huge up and down California, but um, but Department of Water and Power, SoCal Edison, San Diego Gas and Electric, is there a specific set of criteria that they all agree on for these power shutoffs? Yeah, generally they're working with uh, the, the PUC and with others to, to figure out, okay, what are they going to do? But each company has its own guidelines for when they've decided they're going to do it. And PG&E, they've been making a point today that they've got meteorologists who are constantly looking at the changing conditions and, and what they think it will or won't be, and that that's why they had put Napa Lake and Sonoma counties on standby for tonight, and now they're saying, no, you don't have to worry about it that they're not going to be shutting off the power this evening. Sonoma County, by the way, they declared a state of emergency today to get ready for this, that, you know, people have medical equipment, they have food, they may not have generators, that if you shut off the power for 24 hours, that's more than, for many, an inconvenience. That can be a very big deal and a a safety deal as well. So they declared that state of emergency. They won't need it for tonight. But it comes down to the wind, the direction of the wind, what the humidity levels will be at, is it going to be 
what Paradise dealt with last year, if something starts, isn't going to be what Santa Rosa dealt with two years ago, if something starts, and that's where the wind's going, how dry is it, what would happen if a power line went down. And we've got Santa Ana's forecast for us this week, right, or next week? Yeah, yeah, coming in tomorrow. Uh, and it's it's going to be a relatively moderate Santa Ana event, at least uh, that's what the forecast is for right now. But it's the first one of the season. If this had been after the, the heart of the Santa Ana's in a few weeks, a couple of months, we might say that, that tomorrow wasn't going to be all that bad. But this is going to be the first round of it. So some fire departments are ramping up. Here we go. We're almost to October, October, November, the, the big months. You know, I think last year uh, with the Woolsey Fire, that that was November. And the Santa Anas were horrendous at that time. The Thomas Fire in Ventura and Santa Barbara counties, that was, what, January or de- December of that uh, year, a couple of years ago. And those were Santa Anas. So we're getting into it. No plans right now that we've heard from Southern California Edison, from DWP, anybody talking about shutting off power in Southern California, that could change as the hours go on. But as of right now, this is mainly PG&E up in Northern California talking about it. But the first round of it for this season saying, all right, here we go, that they may have to to turn off the power. You made it out of the desert without uh, being probed or anything? Barely. So we, Barely. we uh, did hear about the uh, one arrest for a man urinating on the gate, and we were worried yeah, that was... on the gate. Yeah, we were worried that was you because you were living out of your car, which I was living out of my car. I, uh, I found some uh, smart places that, that wasn't the gate to take care of that. Uh, probably not too smart to walk up to law enforcement protecting the gate and just start peeing on that gate. Um, but yeah, they had... And then there was a, a young woman, 19, who... She was joking like she was going to go across the gate, and oops, her arm kind of went across the gate. They grabbed her, detained her for a while, gave her a lesson, let her go. But in the end, not a whole lot went on. But, you know, there were those who showed up. They had a good time. All right. Well, glad you're home. Glad you're safe. Thanks, guys. Alex Stone there at the latest. Uh, It's very easy, by the way. Uh, The utilities, both PG&E, SoCal Edison, and probably all of the others, this public safety power shutoff, PSPS that they're calling it, their information pages are out there. They're easy to get to. SoCal Edison, it just took a couple of clicks to find their page. And it was all about there is no public safety power shutoff for, for Southern California, like like Alex mentioned. There are a couple that they were considering, and they have those listed and very, very clearly spelled out, and it will depend on the weather conditions over the next couple of days. You ever been to a truck stop? Yes. You ever been to a truck stop with a zoo? No. Well, we've got a zoo truck stop story for you. It involves a camel and his testicles. And what was the name of the truck stop? Tiger truck stop in Gross? How do you say that? Teat. Gary and Shannon will continue in a moment. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. A couple stories that we've uh, been keeping our eyes on, of course, the president beginning a, a three-day visit to the U.N. today. He's had a couple of opportunities to speak to reporters. Centerpiece of this schedule was this big session on climate change today, and the president did show up, but he only showed up for about 15 minutes. Uh, he did go on to a different meeting and addressed 
persecution of religious minorities. Democrats are also saying they want to know exactly what the president said in that phone call with the leader of Ukraine back in July. They want an investigation into whether he was improperly using his office to try to dig up information on Joe Biden and his son, Hunter. I've never heard of Gross Teat, Louisiana. Gross Teat, Louisiana, is home to the Tiger Truck Stop. The truck stop's located 20 minutes outside of Baton Rouge. And there was an incident at the Tiger Truck Stop when a woman freed herself from a camel by biting its testicles. Okay, hold on a second. Let's begin. Let's roll this run back just a second. On Wednesday... This woman and another woman broke into, they broke into the camel's pen, causing the 600-pound white camel to panic. It's just crazy, says Pamela Bossier, manager of the Tiger Truck Stop, to the point of, why would somebody do that? Well, the problem was, it, well, it wasn't two women. It was the woman and her, her, woman her husband. Her husband, you're right. Yeah, um, who may identify as a woman. We don't know that. Um, 2019. So what happened was they were tossing treats into Casper's enclosure. And so the the dog, their dog, jumps in to get the treats. Bubba, come back here. Bubba, problem get is, out. Bubba, Bubba. Is, Bubba's deaf. Get Bubba can't hear. Bubba the dog is deaf. So the man and wife made a decision that we're going to crawl underneath the fence, past that no trespassing sign, and retrieve the dog from Casper's territory themselves. But Casper the camel was not pleased. Now the man started swatting at Casper, trying to push him out of the way, while the wife bends down to pick up Bubba the deaf dog. And that's when it happened. To defend himself, Casper the camel sat on the woman, and she's trapped. And she said she did the only thing that made sense in the moment. Which was? Bite the camel's testicles. She said, I bit. I'm not going to say that. That's going to be an instant drop. What? You can say it. <laughs> no. But if you were... if you were, if I you, bit his testicles to get them off me. If you had a camel sitting on you, what would be the most obvious thing to you? Die at that point. Just die. You would die before you bit the camel's testicles. Well, on Sunday, uh, (laughs) that's a good one. (laughs) Hamilton had revealed that the camel had been cleared of all wrongdoing after the Iberville Parish Sheriff's Office finished investigating the incident. Instead, and rightfully so, they cited the unidentified couple for criminal trespassing and for not having Bubba the deaf dog on a leash. Well, can you understand the pain that that Casper went through having that woman bite on his testicles? Uh, the The whole thing was caught on video, security video footage. And Pamela Bossier, I remember, she's the manager of the truck stop. She said, that camel was not attacking the dog. I watched it. Instead of them running to get help at the restaurant, which is 60 feet away, where I have people trained to tend to the camel Gaspar, they decided to crawl under that barbed wire fence and get that deaf dog Bubba. I really want to get 
eyes on this woman. I want to see what she looks like. And I can't find her picture in any of the news stories. By the way, that is the same place, this uh, uh, Tiger truck stop in Gross Teat, Louisiana, where Tony the Tiger, longtime mascot of the (laughs) Tiger truck stop, had to be euthanized for kidney failure. This is why I want to take a trip on the road. Just get in the car or RV that I've rented and just hit the road and see all of the crazy stuff you see. Like, you know, the, the vintage cheese shops along the 99, the the Tiger truck stops in Gross Teat, Louisiana. Get out there and see America. See that camel in his testicles. See what the country has to offer. I wonder if he's got an ice pack on him right now. Oh, I bet they did. I mean, wouldn't you? You ever had a uh, you ever had an engagement go wrong? No, you have. Oh, <laughs> oh so, man. Sorry. Too soon. You set it up too soon. <laughs> uh, there is a story. It's not really funny, but it's also from Louisiana. Kind of. Guy from Louisiana drowned after uh, an underwater marriage proposal. It's very tragic. We want to hear from you. Have you ever had a, a marriage proposal go wrong? Where you go through all of the things and the stuff and the, all the pomp and circumstance, pomp that is, and she says no, or he trips and falls and drops the ring in the ocean, or can't find the ring, or propose to the wrong woman, or... Give us a call, 1-800-5201-KFI. 800-5201-534. Proposals gone wrong on the Gary and Shannon Show. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. John and Ken show rolls up in about uh, 30 minutes or so. There is a a murder trial that started today in Dallas. A white off-duty Dallas police officer shot and killed a black man in his apartment. The uh, police officer, Amber Geiger, said she fired her gun believing that this guy had broken into her apartment when, in fact, she went in. She's the one who went into the wrong apartment. And it came after a long 15-hour shift. She parked on the wrong floor of the parking garage. That story is com- or that trial starts today. And, in fact, the jury had to be sequestered. The judge ordered that earlier today as well. Well, a tragic story out of Tanzania, in fact, involving a couple from the United States, Louisiana to be exact. A man from Louisiana reportedly drowned after he asked his girlfriend to marry him there. It was an underwater proposal. She posted about this on Facebook, a bizarre social media post, including video of said proposal. And then wrote, connected to the post, you never emerged from those depths. So you never got to hear my answer. Yes, yes, a million times. Yes, I will marry you. His name was Stephen Weber Jr. of Baton Rouge. 
And he died after he appeared to swim up to meet her. In the video, you can see him. He takes this uh, piece of, like, binder paper, and it's in a giant Ziploc. And it says something to the effect of, you know, I, I love you, blah, I, blah, blah. I can't hold blah, my breath blah, long blah. enough to tell you everything I love about you. But everything I love about you, I love more every day. That's nice. And then he flips it over, and on the back it says, Will you please be my wife? Marry me? Question mark, question mark. And he pulls he, the pulls the ring out of his pocket. And, and then goes back up for air. Or does they, he? They were vacationing at the Manta Resort on Pem, Pemba Island in Tanzania. And they're in one of those huts over the water. Looks really cool. It's got a roof with a, like a, kind of like a futon bed up there. Oh, yeah. Where you can just hang out. I mean, I didn't want to say mattress because that just sounded like there's just like a dirty mattress up there. Oh, it's a dirty mattress. We have, it just has tell. a sheet on it. It's a yeah, fu- it looks more of a futon, and it's a, got a dark blue cover on it. Come on. To hide any... Futons can get nasty, too. <laughs> Listen, I don't know what you've been doing with your... Uh, with my furniture? Your furniture. <laughs> now, this is, this is a sad story, because it appears that, you know, she sees this uh, while they're in this underwater or, you know, she's in the underwater room and he can swim up to the window and, and hold up this proposal. And then she's going to run upstairs and go see her man. And like, yes, totally. Yes. 100%. Yes. But he never came back. He never up. came back up. It, his sister, too. his sister, Mandy released a statement late yesterday. She said, because this guy in the video, she posted other videos uh, from their trip. He seemed a little off to me, to be honest. So I was opining that maybe drugs and or alcohol may have been a factor in this. Right. His sister releases a statement saying, Stephen has had a very interesting life. Oh, you know what that means. Yeah. A lot of ups and downs, but he always and will always hold such a special place in the heart of so many people. He had this infectious smile. He really played a significant role in helping people through the recovery process. Okay. Ah. His loss and his passing is going to create a void in our lives we will never be able to fill. Stephen has been at the lowest point of his life, a low point that anyone could ever experience. But never at one point did he expect anyone to feel sorry for him or to pity him. So. Um, he's free diving at this point. I mean, in that, I don't know how deep it, I don't know how far below the surface of the water this window is. But he's down there with a mask and flippers on, and he's holding this thing up against the window. I trust my wife's ability to read, right? But don't you think that's a gamble already, expecting that your wife's going to be able to get through the whole note while you're holding your breath there? That seems weird to me. And the video itself, very very giggly. Did you hear that when, when she was... Yeah, that's a weird and that's that's a video that she posted of her man proposing to her literally seconds before he died. Everybody, hey, everybody deals with grief in their own way. I don't know if I would. There's no playbook for grief. I learned that from Mark Garrigus when he was defending Scott Peterson. And he's 100 percent right. I suppose. All right. Coming up next, Gwyneth Paltrow looks like crazy may run in the family.
<laughs> Speaking of which, hey, our next news and brews coming up on Thursday. We are going to be live at BJ's Restaurant and Brew House in the city of Orange this Thursday, September 26th from 10 until 2. Right? Do you see how we did that? We we just kind of bookended your lunch hour just like that. Maybe you leave a half an hour early and show up a half an hour late, all having big burger and a, and a half a glass of beer on your breath, something like that. That sounds amazing. Doesn't that? Nap-inducing? Yes. Imagine? It'd be so perfect. Anyway, we'll be doing the show live from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. this Thursday at the BJ's Restaurant and Brew House down on the City Drive South there in Orange. All the information is up on our webpage. Go to KFIAM640.com and use the keyword Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, anytime on the iHeartRadio app, because you can listen to the podcasts of previous shows. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said today that he personally pressured the Trump administration to release aid to Ukraine this summer, a time when the uh, that funding is now under scrutiny because of the whistleblower complaint against the president. The Republican leader says he did not know... The content of that whistleblower complaint that we've been talking about since last week. The president was reportedly withholding funding for Ukraine as he was urging the president of Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden. The president has denied any wrongdoing. And uh, Congress, we know, was trying to get that money to go. They had already approved it, and they were trying to get it to go to Ukraine. Uh, It was unclear exactly why President Trump was not paying it, but... That's part of what they're looking into with all of this. Bizarre story. Federal authorities say today they charged a U.S. Army soldier with sharing bomb-making instructions online. Said he also discussed the possible bombing of a media organization and killing left-leaning activists. Name's Jared Smith. He's 24, a private first-class infantry soldier stationed at Fort Riley, Kansas. He was arrested over the weekend. Joe Arpaio is going to run for sheriff again? I did see that. <laughs> uh, He's 87 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Said uh, he doesn't want to do it just because of an ego or anything like that. He says that he wants to do what he can to support President Trump. This is the way he would choose to do that. Well, we've told you about Gwyneth Paltrow and her goop. Mm. Or crazy ideas that are kind of comical because she sells things that nobody really truly needs at inflated prices to people on the West Side. And it's kind of comical that people are spending their money. The people are falling for uh, that it. People are falling for it. Yeah. Um, the eggs. The jade eggs are really what it comes down to. Yeah. I don't think you should be putting those there. That's just the perfect listen, example. You do what do you mean you, you don't think? Doctors don't think you should be putting that there yeah doctors her cousin is a woman by the name of rebecca newman and she is a we work executive she's the wife of the ceo at we work adam newman and she has been in the news because there was some paperwork drawn up that if he left the company that she would she would take over the role and the board said no we don't want that to happen we'll have say in 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 who takes over that post 
So all of these details about how she operates in her post have have come out this week. And one of the things that came out was that she reportedly had staff members fired after meeting them for a couple of minutes when she decided that their energy is off. See, and that's a problem with these crazy people that are putting jade eggs in their areas. Mm-hmm. Um, when they it's, have it's poisoning their brain, it's one thing to do what you're going to do with your bathing suit areas. But when you have an impact on normal people's lives, like when you read that their energy is off and you take away their livelihood, that's a real problem, which is probably why the board didn't want this woman in charge in any capacity ever. And if if you were there, by the way, WeWork is um, the the We Grow thing is actually the conscious, conscious entrepreneurial school for kids age 2 to 11. Entrepreneur for yes, a two-year-old? Exactly. What is the two-year-old going to create? I don't know. Business? I don't know. But could you imagine if you were applying for a job at WeGrow or WeWork and you get into this interview, oh, uh, Miss Newman, it's great to meet you. I'm very excited about uh, the prospect of working for WeWork. And she just holds her hand up and goes, I don't like your energy. Wouldn't that to you signal that that's not where you want to work? That's the. I mean, not only does she not want you because well, your aura is off or I think, whatever. I think a lot of us have worked somewhere where the head honcho was. Uh, you, you didn't agree with that person, right? You thought that they were a little off. Yeah, you still stayed there. Yeah, because I mean, it was a job. But if that was the first thing you do, usually you you ease into that, right? You ease into some sort of conflict with your with your That's true. boss. It doesn't come during the job interview. I don't like you because your era, your era, your aura is off. Your energy. Not just telling them their energy is off or telling other people their energy is off, but having them fired because of it. I also, I have a problem. It goes further. You're talking about the succession in case uh, Richard left for whatever reason. They included this plan. Um, Rebecca Newman was involved, uh, was described as Adam's strategic thought partner. If you have to make up stupid titles for what it is that you do you might want to rethink what your job is well she got in trouble recently she was doing some sort of talk somewhere and she said something like one of the main things you do as a woman is to make a man realize his potential or something of that nature and so then all the feminists went nuts on her like because that's what a woman's role is is to lift up a man People get really excited. Which I don't see what the problem is. I mean, isn't that a big part of a relationship is lifting each other up? Yeah, but I, I, maybe they just think that it that it sounded like it was a one-way street. Only women can lift up men. It mm. can't work the other way around. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, everyone's get, offended by everything. People get really excited about really stupid stuff. I know. Stupid stuff. We are dumb people. John and Ken, up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. Blessings. Well, that's all the time we have. Join us next time on... Gary and Shannon. Home, where families connect and memories are made. Find your new home with PenFed, a mortgage partner who brings confidence and value to your home buying experience. They offer low rates and no lender fees and can even help you find a real estate agent through their trusted partners. Let PenFed bring you home. Visit PenFed.org home or call 1-800-970-7766. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.